0: Be here. I am really appreciative of the opportunity to be here and uh, thankful for your pastor and Mrs. Keeley. And uh, we, um, are, I'm, it's pleasing, we support both of the missionaries that we've seen on the screen tonight. Or uh, the, the Haley's were in our conference two years ago, and uh, they are a bundle of energy, both of them. Mrs. Haley was quiet last night on the screen. Trust me, if she was here, if you remember her being here, she was not quiet in person. She (laughs) talks, and and, uh, just a great, great lady, and he's a great missionary. And then Brother Hutchins and Mrs. Hutchins, we supported them as well, and uh, they are are a legacy family. Uh, Japan, for many, many years, where she was raised, and then Canada as well. Good to, uh, it's, one of the things we find as we travel is that, our circle is a fairly small circle and we know so many of of the same people uh... when you're with god's people it doesn't matter what the name of the city is uh... you find fellowship and friendship and we have sure found that here very gracious and thank you for having us uh... we hope to be a blessing to you over these next few minutes turn with me if you would how many of you know what a sword drill is all right Well, you're gonna have a sword drill this morning (coughs) And we're going to look at a lot of scripture, but that's why we're here for the Sunday School Hour. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning on this thought why faith promise is practical. The older I get, I don't want to do stuff that doesn't matter. I, I don't want to do things that are just superfluous. I want to do things, number one, that are biblical. Uh, I don't have time to follow men if they're not following the Bible. And so, one of the things that I think we can discover this morning, and all through the day, is that faith promise, missions giving is not the invention of a man, it is the New Testament pattern. One of the most important messages that I, I believe I'll preach during this conference will be in the evening service tonight. And in the evening service tonight, God willing, I'm going to preach a message called God's Plan for Missions where we're going to discover that in 2018, we are doing exactly what was done in the first century in the first missionary efforts. I don't know what that would do for you, but what that does for me is brings great confidence that what I am doing is biblical and God-approved, and because it is biblical, it is effective. I'm afraid in our generation, we've kind of come to the place where we're pragmatists even in our churches and we don't ask the question is it biblical we ask the question does it work and that's the wrong question to ask because if it is biblical <coughs> pardon me it will work so if you have that scripture second corinthians chapter nine let's look at verse six. 2 corinthians chapter nine and verse six and i want to give you five reasons faith promise is practical, and we'll find that it's biblical. Look at verse 6, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth A cheerful giver. And God is able. How many of you believe that statement is true? God is able. It's an interesting word. The word able is the word dunami. And it actually, if you, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I have a Strong's Concordance, and that makes me extremely dangerous. All right? But if you look that word up, Dr. Strong says that the word able in the Greek simply means possible. And so what it's saying is, is that we have a God with whom all things are possible. Now we say that intellectually, sometimes we don't act on that in our lives. But God is able, with God all things are possible. And, and so it says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work you can have confidence that you can be involved in god's plan because god's promise to you is that he in his and through his grace will make it possible for you to be involved let's pray and we'll talk about these things for a moment father thank you so much for your blessings We pray this morning that you would speak to us and teach us the truth of your word. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, God is talking about giving, and he's talking about grace giving. I believe grace giving is a very accurate title for faith promise missions giving. Faith promise missions giving is us having an understanding of the heart of God to reach the world, And understanding, and and this is just a truth, it takes finances to get missionaries to the field. We'll talk about that tonight. And God is saying, get involved in my plan. Let's get the missionaries to the field where they can preach the gospel to those who have never heard. And I will make it possible for you to give for them to go. So this grace giving, faith promise missions giving, why is it practical here's number one because it is biblical it is biblical i want you to notice the church at philippi and so take your bible we'll come back to uh second corinthians chapter nine if you want to hold your spot there but for just a moment go over to philippians chapter four philippians chapter four in our evening service i will i will expand a great deal on this But I want you to understand that here at Bible Baptist of Pembroke Pines, this is not the first church that has ever endeavored to get missionaries to the places God has called them to go. We did the same thing at Heritage Baptist Church. And I'm sure across our nation and across our world, even as you heard Brother Hutchins just say, in New Zealand, a missions church started by the help of your church is sending out missionaries from their church to start churches in other places because it is God's plan. It is God's biblical plan. Now notice with me, Philippians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Now let's just think about practically what's being said there. Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, which he founded. He is writing to the church at Philippi, talking to them about the times that they, and by the way, they were a very poor church. But from their poverty, they gave because God enabled them to give. And they had a love for Paul and they had an understanding that Paul was called of the Lord to start churches. And he was in Thessalonica starting another church. There were tremendous needs in that area. Sometimes we have in our mind that Paul only made tents and was only bivocational in the ministry. And that is not true at all. As a matter of fact, Those times were the exception, not the rule. Most of the time that Paul ministered, he was supported by other churches so that he could start churches, and he's writing a letter back to the Philippians saying, thank you, because when I was in Thessalonica trying to start this church, I was without funds. I was without means, and two times you sent so that the needs in my life could be met, so that the church in Thessalonica could be founded. Now again, let's, let's state the fact. The Philippians were not wealthy people, they were poor people. They gave out of great poverty. But they had a heart for God's work, and so they gave. Let's say something else about the Philippians. In all the, in all the letters that Paul wrote to New Testament churches, one of the things that is marked by the Philippian letter is that it is expressive of great joy at the church at Philippi. Now let's put those two things together. They are a church that by no means has an abundance of wealth. They're quite poor. And yet, they are the church that the word joy is most used of. In our culture, we think that joy can only be possessed by those who have abundance. But in God's culture, joy is not about what we have, it's about what we give. And because this church gave and gave and saw other churches planted, what can be said of them is they have all joy. You and I need to remember that, that joy is found in our giving. So, the truth is what we're doing here today, trying to challenge ourselves to be involved in missions is giving God an opportunity to make grace abound towards us so that we can be involved in this good work. What will the result be? Well, churches will be planted in other places and joy will be in our heart because of seeing God work in our life and in other places. My point is simply this. Grace giving, faith promise giving is absolutely biblical. Here's number two. And I've already stated this a little bit but we'll expand on it it allows churches and christians to experience the power of god it allows churches and christians to experience the power of god we said that that word able was dunami we said it it means that god is able with him all things are possible Let me ask you this question. It's a rhetorical question. You don't have to raise your hand and answer, but I hope the answer is yes. Have you ever seen God do something in your life that you know only came about because God did it? Yeah. That's an awesome time, isn't it? It is awesome. When we come to the end of ourselves and we recognize there is something that needs to happen and God steps into our life and shows himself mighty on our behalf and we see answer to prayer we see something occur that only God could have done that's an awesome time now here's what faith promise missions does it puts us in the realm where we see God having to work in our lives and in the lives of those that we support and it is the greatest adventure That any Christian can ever take. I say to young people all the time, oh, being a Christian, they'll say to me, being a Christian is so boring. Really? Put yourself out on the edge of faith and trust God for what only God can do. See God work and come back and tell me, well, that was sure boring. (laughs) I'm telling you, the adventure of the Christian life and trusting God and putting ourselves out there. Where God has to show himself mighty on our behalf is the most exciting, rewarding life that anyone can ever lead. I think of Sam and his wife when they stepped off that plane and they stepped into that new culture. I think of Raleigh and his family when they fly into Patagonia and they step off that plane and and they are they are novices. They don't know the culture. They don't know the people. They don't know the place. They don't know how it's going to happen. They don't know what tomorrow holds. And then God works and works and works and works. And after a year or two or three or four, they come back and they report to Bible Baptist Church, here's what God did. Here's what God did. Here's what God did. And our our reaction to that ought to be, we serve a mighty God, an awesome God, who can do great things And our involvement in this, our willingness to step out. We're not going to step off the plane into Patagonia, but we can step out of our comfort zone and say, I'm going to give. And when we step out of our comfort zone, we provide the opportunity for God to show us how mighty he can be in working through our lives and through our actions and our obedience. I read an illustration one time where the Bible says, not the Bible, but where scientists say at any one given time, we only use 16% of our brains. I think I'm down to about 8%, okay? But, but we only use 16% of our brains and, and that our capacity is so much greater. I am not a, science, a scientist by any means. I don't know if that's true, but I read it, so it has to be true. But I, my first thought when I read that was, that's how we are as Christians. We know great truth. We have the Bible, God's truth. We know that God says, it's possible, it's possible. Trust me, trust me, obey me. But we're so timid, we never experience but the smallest portion of what our faith could bring to our lives. And sometimes we just have to step out and say, God, I believe that your grace can make me able to be involved. And I believe that trusting you and by faith I can give so that I can see you work in this miraculous way. I want you to notice, I hope you're still in Philippians, but in Philippians chapter 4, we read verses 15 and 16, but I want to read on. Look at verse 17. Paul speaking, saying to them, hey, look, I, it's not because I desire a gift. I'm glad you gave to my necessity, and and but there's something far more than you're giving to my necessity. I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Paul says, what I'm really excited about is that the souls being one here at Thessalonica, the work being done here at Thessalonica, hey, that's part of your account. God is is going to attribute that to you as much as He does to me doing the work. He says in verse 18, But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Notice this, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. There's another affirmation of grace giving. There's another affirmation of faith promise giving and God giving back. A lot of times we take verse 19 and it is a great verse and I believe a universal principle that God will supply our need. But I do want you to understand that context is important in our study of the Bible. And the context where that verse is offered is in the context of this church giving to the work of missions through the Apostle Paul for another church to be planted. If you want to be on firm ground contextually, and if you want the blessing of God upon your life, I'm telling you the surest way biblically that I know of to put yourself on that ground is to be involved in missions, giving so that churches can be planted, not just in your community, but all across this globe. And God looks back at that and says, that is my heart. I I assure you that your needs will be met because you joyfully gave to what is my heart. I will meet your need. I believe that you say preacher if I give sacrificially how will God do that well let me just mention a few things if you give sacrificially and by his grace did you know that God can increase your supply over the years 41 years of ministry I have heard hundreds if not thousands of stories of people who would walk up to me after the conference and say preacher This is what God laid on my heart to give to missions. And I can't believe what God did the week after I made the promise. And they would give me a testimony of a promotion or of a raise or of some way that God had increased their supply. I'm not guaranteeing that. I'm just telling you that's the testimony of thousands who have trusted the Lord in giving. God can decrease your spending. Somebody said to me, well, how can God decrease my spending? You know, I don't know about you, but knowing Christ has been transformational for my life. The things that I used to want to do, I no longer want to do. The things that I used to count as so important, I don't count as so important. And God has changed my lifestyle and changed my interests and my desires. And the truth is, I spend money on different things now. And a lot of the things that I spend money on are Things that honor God and that God would have me to invest in. So he can decrease our spending by changing our lifestyles. He can give us wisdom to be good stewards. He can show us how to cut a little bit here or cut a little bit there so that we can give to something far more important. He can give us grace to sacrifice. Let me give you an illustration. I love coffee. Do You love coffee. I don't mean I like coffee. I mean I love coffee. Did you know that we are in pumpkin spice latte season? Yeah, I know it. This is going to hurt. We could give up our pumpkin spice lattes and be millions of dollars richer. <laughs> I'm being a little bit silly, but I'm just saying God can give us a willingness to sacrifice, to say I can do without that. And those little sacrifices that we count so minimal can be so maximized when we give together to the work of the Lord. I could go on in that. I assure you, God can also work the supernatural. Let me give you number three and hasten on quickly. It allows Christians and churches to experience biblical principles of sowing and reaping. Now, I am a fundamental Baptist preacher. I'm negative by nature. I'm a pessimist. I grew up that way. Now, I'm overemphasizing. But it's my job as a fundamental Baptist preacher to be against everything, okay? Sometimes that's how we sound. And one of the things I can do is I can thunder on be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap and I can thunder and apply that towards negative sinful living but did you know that's true in a positive way about obedient submissive living that what we sow we do reap and God reminds us over and over again he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully (coughs) pardon me, I can assure you that if you want to reap bountifully, sow bountifully. And this is a wonderful opportunity to sow bountifully. Our tithe is governed at 10%. Now, I consulted God when I was a pastor, and I wanted to raise the tithe to 15%, but He just wouldn't let me. Smile. But there are no limits on giving to faith Promise. It's just testing and trusting and proving God and saying, God, I'm going to give and I'm going to give, I'm going to give bountifully because as I give bountifully, I can prove the law of sowing and reaping and I can see you bless me bountifully as I give bountifully. Let me give number four quickly. It's a free will offering for all believers who are part of a local church and it's usually given each week or on a regular basis emphasis regular basis. Sometimes people give once a month, sometimes people give bi-weekly, sometimes every week. But my point is this: everybody can participate. For the sake of time, I'm not going to have you turn there, but listen as I read First Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. Notice the two words the way it starts. Every man "...as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver." The emphasis on man there is not the gender, it is us, mankind. Any member of mankind can make a choice to give from his heart. Notice this verse, 1 Corinthians sixteen two: "...upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come." Notice the first day of the week, but notice this, every one of you, every person in this room can sow bountifully to Faith Promise Missions Giving. We can teach our children to give to Faith Promise Missions Giving. I expressed last night that one of the greatest joys in my life was to see our children learn to give to missions. I, I, I go to church now, and my son is my pastor. Can you imagine having your son tell you what to do? But he he is a he's a great man of God who is leading his church in what he learned. They support missionaries, they're planting churches, they're growing in their missions outreach. That's what every person can do in this today. It's not that a season of life is dismissed or a gender is dismissed. Every person, every man can give to this work of God and then receive the blessings that come from serving the Lord in this way. And then finally, I would say this. (coughs) It's an offering that proves our love for Jesus Christ. That's a hard thing to say. Love is not, at first, a feeling. In our world, we have reduced love, the word love, secularly, to eros, to, to a romantic feeling. And we say things like, I fell in love. The problem with falling in love is you can fall out of love. The example of love that you and I need to understand is not eros, not even phileo, friendship, love. It is agape, committed love of choice. And when God says he is love and love is God, the word that he uses is agape. God chooses To love us. Can I tell you a truth about each of us? We're not all that lovely. You know where God found, I know where God found me. And God did not get a bargain when he found me. God got someone who he could make a trophy of his grace and change his life. But God chose to love me. Our generation has come to where we act only on emotion, only if I feel like it. And feelings can never be our barometer. They can never be our guide to obeying our Lord. Love first is a choice. God says of the Lord Jesus that he made himself poor. He emptied himself, made himself poor, that I could be rich in him. He made a choice. And I want you to understand that the Faith Promise Missions Conference allows each of us to make a similar choice towards him. It allows us to say, Jesus, I recognize the sincerity of your love when you chose to love me and die in my place for my sins. And now I want you to know that I'm going to prove the sincerity of my love towards you. I'm going, to be, I'm going to choose to be involved in what is most important to you. And that is seeking and saving the lost here in Pembroke Pines. But across this entire globe, it all comes down to this. Love is a choice. He chose to give himself for us. We choose To express our love to him by giving so that others may come to know him. That's why faith promise is so practical. It's biblical. It allows us to see the power of God. It's for every single one of us. It allows us to sow and become the recipients of his blessing. But it allows us, in a way that no other offering does, to look back at him and say, I know what you did for me. I care about what you want to do for others. I will give. I will give as an expression of my love for you. That's faith promise. Father, thank you for these few moments you've given us in this Sunday school hour. Bless our understanding of your word, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.